good position. Affirmative. Negative. I am the milkman. My milk is delicious. Roger that. Okay, let's go. Welcome to the Best Linux Games Podcast. Go, go, go! The best Linux games, the best games available for the uh, GNU slash Linux operating system via the mechanism and distribution network known as Steam, brought to you by Valve. After 700,000 years, the Steam has come to Linux, and beyond that, it has come to Linux in the form of the egalitarian Linux-like platform, Steam, an open marketplace in which Everyone, total meritocracy, everyone, regardless of size, amount of money, regardless of amount of developers, and prospective sales. But if you have a game, and it is good, then get time and it will thrive. And you will be my work. Gentlemen, it's Saturday, and that means it's time for one thing. It's time for the podcast where the quality goes in before the name goes on. You're listening to the Best Linux Games Podcast, a companion piece to the uh, Steam group of the same name. Find us on Steam, you know, uh, join us on Steam, and friend me on Steam. My name is Scooky Sprite. I am your host. In case this is your first time here, uh, the ground rules for everything that we do are very simple. We have news, we have the latest titles that we are interested in, of course, features, you know, like kind of in-depth looks or reviews, and then we have, of course, everyone's favorite, the deals, uh, the best games that you can buy for as cheap as possible. If you join us on the group, our recommendations are curated with the sole criteria of It must run on Linux, and it must be really good. These are recommendations only, of course. Uh, not complete reviews, which generally will follow, um, especially once they get some other mofos on this show. And as always, the content that awaits you ahead may not be appropriate for members of all species, races, genders, classes, creeds, and especially might not be age or work appropriate. So, it begins. Let's get the next game on, bitches! Hello, friends and neighbors. Welcome to episode number 231 of the Best Linux Games Podcast. Being recorded for you on this Friday, the 29th of March, 2019. That would make it for our sequel, friends. Uh, 2019, uh, 03, 29. <coughs> At uh, 17.25 Pacific Coast Time. That would make it 5.25 Left Coast Time, PM. Pacific Coast Time, Crack Engineer. I wore Molina over there in the booth. He's holding up the whiskey sign, which means only one thing. Good. Yeah. Let's have let's actually drink the whiskey though instead of talking about it. Oh boy. We need it. We have a humongous fucking monster beast of a show this week. Anyway, cheers down the hatch. Over the teeth and through the gums. I got stomach as it comes. Now you listen to me. Ivor, you're fired. Thank you. And without further ado, let's get straight to our top stories. First of all, uh, wow, we have a, this is a big fucking show. Wow. Okay. Anyway, uh, <laughs> the rundown for this show is, uh, it, 
it takes three swipes to scroll through it all. Like, it's, it's a lot. Um, okay, so first off, this week saw the release of a bold new technology uh, in terms of Linux gaming. Yes, Proton mm, 4.2-1 was released. Uh, thank you, special thanks go out to Beardy J, without whom I would never have known this. Um, if you haven't tried it yet, or if you tried it the day that it dropped and then found that it broke all your games, don't worry. The day after it dropped, or like two days after it dropped, they uh, updated it and fixed it breaking all of your games. Um, it's what I use now for all my games. You have to actually uh, go into the Steam client settings, though, and um, go to um, Steam Play and then select it from the drop-down on that uh, tab-slash-page kind of thing. That's in your settings on your Steam on your Steam client. Um, yeah, and then, then it'll work. And then you can see, it's easy to switch back and forth between um, 4.2 and uh, what was the one that I used to use? Hang on, let me take a look. Um, my daily driver, my go-to before Proton 4.2 was 3.16-8 uh, beta. Um, but it's easy to switch between the two, so if it does break your game still, uh, you can switch back to the other, it's very easy, you don't, it doesn't even require a restart of your computer, I mean, it requires a restart of the client, but anyway, in unrelated news, and we'll be coming back to that, uh, in a moment, well, later on in the show, uh, or actually, no, fuck it, we should do this, well, anyway, in unrelated news, Pinball Arcade, my much beloved and much hated, I love, it's a love-hate kind of thing, my relationship with the Pinball Arcade, where I bought all of the licenses for the Williams Tables uh, the last day that you still could legally buy them, which makes them kind of technically abandoned wear, but whatever, um, in terms of inside of the Pinball Arcade, um, which is the Farsight Studios Pinball Arcade, not to be confused with Pinball FX or Pinball FX2 or Pinball FX3 or Pinball, Pinball FX2 VR or Zakaria Pinball or any other pinball, but in unrelated news, this is totally unrelated to uh, 4.2 mysteriously last week, Pinball Arcade which has not run since oh god three months now, maybe longer on my machine suddenly started working again I have no idea I changed nothing in any configuration or anything but it just started running again. Uh, I haven't tried it yet with 4.2, but uh, it's worth noting that if you do have a, an extensive library of Williams machines or just pinball machines in general, uh, licenses that you bought through Farsight Pinball Arcade, that it runs again via Proton, at least on my Mint 18.3 box with NVIDIA 1080 Ti. We'll get to the driver issues in a moment, not related to Pinball Arcade. Our feature this week is actually a review. It's a review of uh, Sekiro! Sekiro! Um, but, bef- but And we have a very straight-up traditional show for you other than that. 
Um, oh shit! Sorry, my phones are ringing and everything is going insane. Oh god, I will you're fired. Um, we have like a a new and noteworthy section. We got a deal section. We got the just based him with it, Ivor. Let's get let's get get the show on the fucking road. I was a North American fall when worm in my former life. Here are the newest and most noteworthy titles from this week. So, new and noteworthy this week. We have two titles that are like big deals. One of which more so than the other for me. First of all, we have Risk of Rain 2. Now, fans of this show... I'm sorry, my allergies are acting up, so if you hear, like, snotting constantly in the background, it's my bad. Um, Risk of Rain 2 came out this week. And uh, for fans of this show, for longtime listeners, I mean, we're going on into our fifth year soon, which is fucking nuts. That's crazy that I've been doing this for five fucking years. Anyway, almost. Almost. It'll be this October. We'll be five years. Wow. <laughs> Getting old. Um, but anyway, one of the first games that we ever covered on this show that we absolutely fucking loved that ran natively on Linux was Risk of Rain 1. Risk of Rain 1 was a side-scrolling, procedurally generated roguelike platformer with a pixel trash micro style. So, you know, your character's really, really small, kind of like Load Runner. Used to be on the Apple IIe. Risk of Rain 2 takes the entire concept and ports it into a 3D world. Now, here are the problems and complications of this. I've not gotten to play Risk of Rain 2 because when I booted it up, uh, it loaded no character models. Like, you could play the game, but there were no character models. This is a problem that I've had with other Proton games. I'm sure that everyone's experienced it at least once if you're any sort of a gamer, from Ghost of a Tale to uh, The Surge. The Surge was the first game where I actually researched what the fuck this was. Now, here's the problem. Two problems with this. First of all, I found a thread about The Surge. That's another game um, from forever ago. The Surge, by the way, ironically, now runs fine with character models uh, after updating to 4.2, Proton 4.2. I know, we're conflating several issues, but I'm trying to disambiguate them as best as I can as we go through them. So, the Surge, which I got through the Humble Bundle subscription months ago, months and months and months ago, um, loaded without any character models, and I really wanted to play that game, and so I did thorough research on why the fuck there were no character models when you play it under Proton. I cannot find the thread that accurately described what the fuck was going on. But this is a common problem across games, and it was a big concern to me because the talk was that it would require actually like refactoring the code um, because of some fundamental whatever. I can't remember, and I cannot find you the link, so I cannot actually have an intelligent conversation about this, but I can describe it in broad outlines, which I'm doing for you now. Um... The Surge, by the way, runs great now with 4.2. However, so Risk of Rain 2 did not load character models. And, you know, Ghost of a Tale, The Surge, a bunch of games do this to me. 
uh, via Proton. So I went to ProtonDB and I started looking at the uh, results because this game came out like two days ago. Let's see. Uh, uh, Risk of Rain came out March 28th, so it came out yesterday. Risk of Rain was like a beloved fucking game for me. I that game I got killed a billion times. But here's oh, by the way, here's how Risk of Rain two builds itself. The classic multiplayer roguelike Risk of Rain returns with an extra dimension and more challenging action. Play solo or team up with up to three friends to fight your way through hordes of monsters, unlock new loot, and find a way to escape the planet. And this game is in 3D, which is interesting. Um, I have not gotten a chance to play it yet, but so on ProtonDB, they're like, yeah, it's, you know, all fucked up, you know, blah, 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 first couple of reviews or whatever. They're like, oh, platinum, 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 platinum. What the fuck? So I started looking, I started actually reading them, and uh, I had to update my NVIDIA drivers, which is a big problem on this machine because, and here's why. My OBS using NVENC Anytime I fuck with the drivers and anytime I fuck with OBS um, in terms of like uh, the version of OBS that I use, right now I'm using OBS 23.0.2 modified. Um, I know there's a newer one out, but here's the problem. For some reason on my 1080 Ti, OBS will freak the fuck out anytime the drivers change and anytime I change the version and I will not be able to stream anymore. So, anyway, this guy was like, yeah, I had to update my drivers to 418, NVIDIA 418. I was on 410. I took a chance. Here I go again. I hear those trumpets blow again. Um, All aglow again. Taking a chance on some administration doom. Inviting death again. Gonna bork my system again. Gonna be late for the show again. Borking my system because I'm a psycho. Uh, yes, that's right. Um, but I, I I, had 20 minutes while I was watching Hardball today. And so I tried it. And sure enough, it did bork um, OBS a little bit, which, I mean, it's just weird. I don't know what the fuck. I don't know if it's the fact that I have four, mo- four monitors or what the fuck. But, or if it's, you know, a problem with the 1080 Ti series, or if it's a problem with OBS, or if it's a problem with Mint 18.3. But, switching the drivers, and then a little massaging of OBS ultimately resulted in something that worked and brought back the, and, and actually gave me the character models for Risk of Rain 2. So you'll be hearing a lot more about that game next week. And that was, that was you know, I've tried to use that as like a kind of a jumping off platform for like a bigger discussion about the interrelationship of these major issues that keep, you know, cropping up. Um, hopefully, I mean, they keep cropping up, but you you have to take that in context of the last four months have been Proton, 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 proton every week, week by week has been basically for like the last two months has been a fucking proton success story. Okay, so you, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, Sakuro 
fucking played it on launch day, like exactly 30 minutes after everyone else in the face of the planet could, you know, except for journalists. Like, and I'm a journalist, but fuck them. Um, no one fucking, anyway, whatever. So that's cool. The other game that is in our new and noteworthy this week, that's Risk of Rain 2, by the way. Uh, yeah, before I forget, it's $19.99, but it is two for one. So right now, through March 30th at 12 p.m. Pacific Coast time, if you buy a copy of Risk of Rain 2, which is still in early access, uh, at $19.99, you get a copy, and it gives you a copy to give to a friend. So it's like $10 with a friend. Make a new friend. If you have no friends, make a new friend. Play some Risk of Rain. Um, I currently have a spare copy of Risk of Rain. If you want that spare copy, hit me up as soon as you hear this uh, on Twitter, on the Twitter machine, at VegasWriter, V-E-G-A-S-W-R-I-T-E-R. And uh, hit me up with a DM and with your Steam ID and friend me on Steam, Skooky Sprite, S-K-O-O-K-I-E-S-P-R-I-T-E. And I will fucking gift it to you if I can figure out how to do that. Otherwise, I will gift it to the first person that I see. I'm probably going to give it to LGC, Link's Game Consortium, because it's on his wish list. The other game that came out this week that is a big title that also had the same problem, I don't know if it still does though, because I didn't have enough time to test it, is Outward. O-U-T-W-A-R-D. Outward builds itself as no remarkable journey is achieved without great effort. Outward is an open-world RPG where the cold of the night or an infected wound can be as dangerous as a predator lurking in the dark. Explore the vast world of Ori. Embark on memorable adventures alone or with your friends. Sounds like a sex tape that I would want to watch. Um, uh, so... Outward is $39.99, and yes, Outward is a, this is a third-person 3D, I bought this game, I, I, I have, I, I tried to play it, but it wouldn't load character models, but that was before I, uh, switched to 418, NVIDIA 418 drivers, um, it's got mostly positive reviews, came out March 26, 2019, so three days ago, uh, mostly positive reviews, 1,105, and LGC said that he was also interested in this game, so we'll be playing some of this and uh, Risk of Rain 2 along with... What's that, Ivor? Our feature! In accordance with the laws and regulations regarding the internet within your local jurisdiction, Best Linux Games Podcast now presents you with a dose of clap. Just kidding, motherfuckers. It's review time. That's right, motherfuckers. It's review time. Review time. Happy, happy, slappy review time. Sekiro. Shadows die twice. Sekiro. I said I, Sekiro. That's what Sekiro is like. Sekiro. I don't know how the fuck you're supposed to pronounce it, but however I pronounce it is however we're going to pronounce it. Randomly switching back and forth. Blah, 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 blah. Oh, I'm Richard Mosterson. It's too early for this shit. So, we have a full review 
of the immensely popular Sekiro Shadows Die Twice, which is like 60 bucks, I think. Um, it's this the spiritual it's not a spiritual sequel at all it's just the next game from from software the same guys who did the uh dark souls franchise this game is entirely different and i did not hold the fact that uh these guys did the dark souls franchise against them at all during this review now in not interest of full disclosure well in the interest of full disclosure i am a stockholder in activision which is a disgusting thing to be, but it's true. Recently became one as of like last week. But Sekiro Shadows Die Twice. I have not beaten the game. However, I have played 45 hours of the game. And as anyone knows, that if I log over 20 hours in a game and feel like I kind of know the game, it's 20 hours or you beat the game. 20 hours plus or you beat the game. Normally I would wait, but because of the high um, popularity of this game, the immense what do you call it? Um, interest. Like, I mean, right now let's let's go look at Twitch. Hang on. None of these people have ever come to see my channel, by the way, on Twitch. But right now, Twitch has a new feature where it shows you there are 29,000 people watching people play Sikira. Sikira Shida that toys. There are 38 viewers for Metal Gear Solid the 5 Phantom Pain, 479 viewers for Devil May Cry 5. So that that's a good barometer of the interest of this game. And I've played a lot of it. I mean, I've played a lot of Sekiro. So, for those of you who are uninitiated, Sekiro uh, Shadows Die Twice is a tale of a... Uh, it's, it's a third-person, demi-isometric pseudo-Tomb Raider uh, camera-based adventure game heavily based on skills, combat, stealth, and uh, RPG elements with story elements that are confusing um, and kind of make no sense, but you are just a badass fucking ninja. I won't tell you much more than that. In fact, this entire review will be spoiler-free. And in order to do that, though, a certain friend of the show and I've been talking about Sikoro back channel via the Discord, and uh, he decided to stop playing the game. He decided that it wasn't for him. And this sucked because... Did you hear my voice just crack? <laughs> this sucked! Oh, God! No, this sucked because I knew exactly where he was stuck, and I offered him some advice. Um, But he didn't evidently take any of it. Uh, and he quit the game. I hope he got a refund because um, he was only like 12 hours into the game. What we're gonna the reason I bring this up is that his experience of quitting the game kind of we're gonna use that as a jumping off point that highlights in refutation of why you shouldn't quit the game, which I think puts in stark relief, the reasons why you might, if you haven't bought the game yet, why you might like this game. And then we'll, you know, go on with, you know, point by point of uh, the, you know, the reviews, the re typical review shit. First of all, the game is gorgeous. Uh, the controls are fantastic and tight. Um, the combat is... Well, we'll get to that. Because the combat, it, it seems so simple, but it is not simple. Anyway, 
Let's go back to our friend of the show who shall remain nameless because we don't want him to go down in the Ninja Hall of Shame for being a weak, weak sister, a criminally weak, you fucking failure! Oh, I'm sorry. Mm. I don't wish to impugn the reputations of anyone, even though they may be a gutless quitter shitbag. No, anyway, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. I'm totally kidding. Because uh, like, I can totally understand how some people may completely hate Sekiro. For instance, I am the type of person who would completely hate Sekiro. Shadow of the Um, it reminds me of my girlfriend, my good old buddy Pat Kelly. We would sit there at the bar. <laughs> Japanese people would come into the bar and they would just look at us like we were in blackface, abject disgust. I mean, I feel so terrible about it now. And we weren't doing it to like mock Japanese people. We were just talking like samurais (laughs) while we gambled and got fucking blasted. (laughs) But anyway, I remember when Stacy came over and she's like, guys, there's a bunch of Japanese guys over there. And we were so drunk, we are like, <laughs> Anyway, uh, I, I didn't, I, I meant no offense, is what I'm saying. And I mean no offense now. With <laughs> so, the place where this certain someone, this anonymous someone quit is a place where I got stuck too. It's a boss, it's about four to seven hours into the game. And uh, I got stuck there for about three hours. And that's a long time to be stuck on a boss. But everyone gets stuck on that boss. And here are the things that I would say to him, and I'm sure that he's going to be listening to this, Um what the fuck? My 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 rundown says highlights everything, and I like anal hate about the game. I don't know what the fuck that means. Oh, I mean, I know what that would mean, but that's not what I meant to write. What the fuck? I high when I made this rundown. Anyway, so first of all, it can be very. The whole game is basically made up of a lot of open ended. Well, we'll get to that. It, open-ended, like, uh, you can just hack and slash your way through it if you're really good and really powerful and really upgraded and have taken a lot of time and a lot of patience and really learned to play the game. You can pretty much move through the first... I'm 45 hours in. You can move through the first 30 hours more or less with impunity except for these boss encounters. Now... This particular boss encounter that that my my friend decided to give up the game on highlights kind of a lot of things that happen in the boss encounters in the game. So first of all, it can be frustrating when you hit a boss. Everyone knows this. When you hit a boss, a boss or a sequence even, like a, a play sequence that... But the sequences in the game offer you so many different approaches and opportunities and strategies and tactics and stuff that... It's not even really the sequences that that bother you. We'll come back to that at the very end of this review. But when you hit a boss you can't beat, especially when you want to just like get beyond this fucking boss, especially when you tried to fight him 15 times. 
they get more and more difficult uh, if you just start throwing yourself at it, you know, mindlessly, at the boss mindlessly. Um, the game rewards practice. That's the first thing. You have to learn how to fight. You also have to learn how to defend yourself, but you also have to learn how to fight, and then you have to learn how to defend yourself and fight. Um, and this is a learning process. And this is something that will continue throughout the entirety of the game, no matter how good you get, no matter how weak the enemy may appear, anyone can fucking kill you. And the bosses more so. And the bosses can seem more frustrating because generally they place a high premium on your ability to accurate to adequately and accurately, like we're talking like sword strike accurate, like right when the sword hits you. Um, to defend yourself, like to literally block and to counter and etc. Um, it's no more difficult than fighting any normal foot soldier. Now, some of the bosses have peculiar idiosyncrasies that make certain approaches more favorable and certain approaches less favorable, certain tactics less favorable. Like, you know, in terms of, like, weapons and what are you going to use. But the point is, the game doubly rewards. Not just... Pra- I mean, practice is absolutely important. In fact, if you you, you have to spend... I, I've spent over two hours with the training guy. Just doing... You know, working on certain aspects of my, my, uh, my game. Because it's difficult to block everything and to have faith in your blocking when you don't know the attack patterns of a boss and the bosses get very difficult there are also some bosses such as the one that my friend is stuck on well was stuck on, he's quit um, that cannot be blocked they have to be countered in a specific way Um, those get very easy in fact there's only one that I can think of and it's countering thrust which you use a Makiri counter so a guy thrusts at you with like a spear or a sword or a naganata or um, a pole arm or uh, a katana. Guy thrusts at you. He's jabbing straight at your chest. Uh, the Makiri counter, which is a skill that you learn, there's tons of skills. Um, and experience points are easy to get early on and you can up- be careful though how you spend them because the tree is so huge that eventually you'll be where I am 45 hours into the game with only four experience points left to spend and I need like 12 more to get everything kind of where I would like to be right now. But that's kind of the entire experience of the game. And then upgrading um, your special weapon, which I'm not going to describe what that special weapon is, but it, it's a multi... It, you can fit it with multiple different weapons that you find and then you can install them and then you can switch them at will between three of them and you can switch them even in combat by, by the menu. Those give you other special powers and those are essential in some places. Some enemies can only be defeated, but very rarely. Generally, it's foot soldiers um, who can only be defeated with a certain special weapon. Um, but we'll get to that in a moment. So the game rewards practice, it doubly rewards thinking and strategy. So like some bosses, can, here's the thing. This is the biggest thing that I really want to highlight about Sekiro. That Sekiro, Sekiro, 
Ah, you knock on. Ah, thank you. Um, Shinobi. Kage. Ah, ninja. Oh, my. Hello. This is George Takai. Fucking hero. George Takai's a fucking hero. For real, if you haven't seen his TED Talk, you gotta see that TED Talk. It's a great TED Talk. Um, but anyway, he's not the just ridiculous. Sulu. He's a fucking American hero. And a Oh, God, I love Sulu. George Takai. Takai, or whatever. Okay, so, back to the game. One of the things that I think my friend did not realize, and that took me, like, about uh, 12 hours, something like that, to realize, actually took me four hours to realize, is that you don't have to fight every boss. There's some bosses you have to fight to continue on through, like, you know, there'll be an invisible barrier beyond them, and you won't be able to progress further. That's on that path. Every environment in Sekiro is enormous and filled not with just hidden paths, but branching paths. And so, so while you, some bosses can be avoided entirely. Like, the first boss that I ever fought, I died for like three hours against him. Well, not three hours, it was more like an hour and a half. But then I had to go train. And then I went to fight him again, and he fucking still murdered me. And I went and trained again, and I went and fight him again. And on the way to fighting him again, I was like, oh, okay, I want to get the perfect perch so I can get a stealth. Because some guys you have to kill like twice or three times. You, you, know, more, you have to do land a death blow on them more than once. Those are bosses. So I wanted to get a stealth death blow on him. And in the process of like trying to just find a way to get a good perch to drop on him, I realized that suddenly this guy who's like the entire focus of my entire life in the game was actually standing in front of a gate. That that was what the building behind him was. And I could tell this because I was now standing on a plateau adjacent to the gate which is like 10 meters in front of me and below me and I could see all the rest of the map in front of me and it hit me like oh yeah you daffy stupid drunk stoned motherfucking guys you an idiot you don't have to fight him you can just fucking go right over him you say ah bye bye and then you can come back you know, later on, if you want to, to kill him, to fight him, to challenge him, whatever, once you get stronger. But so you can stealth around a lot of the mini bosses. The big bosses, you can't stealth around. But even in the case of the big bosses, let's say that you're getting your ass handed to you constantly, which actually has an effect because the more you die, the more uh, sen you lose, the more actual in game currency you lose. Um, so you, you'll have to go... We'll talk about the grindy aspects of the game in a minute. But anyway, let's say you're getting your ass handed to you and like you're broke and not only are you broke... Because when you're broke, it's the best time to go fight the hardest boss because that means you have nothing left to lose. Provided that you have enough the enough items that you need to... you know, Because like, there, there are buffs and stuff that you can take potions and etc. Um, but if you still keep getting beaten by the same boss and you are now tired of fighting that boss, there's another way to go. 
literally, there are many, many, many paths through the game. Like, literally, when you're stuck, you just go back, backtrack, and go find another path. There are, I would say, there's almost no point in the game where you have less than three possible paths open, though some of them may not be obvious to you, some of them, you have to go and explore you have to find these fucking, they're difficult to, like, but they're huge, these are not secrets these are like the giant branches of the game, these are how you get from area to area um, and they can be very obscure, like, you know, oh, I have to crawl along this ledge you know, after doing these five jumps and doing all this shit, and now instead of going and fighting um the guys through that door, I have to, you know, grapple hook over here, and then I have to walk to the edge of this cliff where the fence is open, and then there's another grapple point that if you look just the right way, you can see it, which is all really cool and really fun. Um, but there's no point in the game where you have less than three possible paths, and actually many, 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 many more usually are open to you than just three. Uh, you just have to really explore because the game is bigger than you think. And then also returning to a boss that you may have stealth or ignored or, you know, a mini boss or whatever is great fun because you get more powerful, you know, in the interim in between. And then the reason to return to those guys and finally defeat them, apart from just, you know, being a big swinging fucking samurai sword dick on a little little fucking kage body Sekiro, Sekiro. Um, you get these things called prayer beads from all the mini bosses and prayer beads once you have four of them you can upgrade overall you can make a, a prayer bead necklace I have three of them um, that upgrades your overall uh, abilities like it, it, it actually boosts your stats permanently um. So, okay. Second thing is that yes, the camera is very difficult to deal with. It's it's totally one of the most frustrating aspects of the game. Uh, at times, and, but this is especially true until you master locking on and manipulating the camera, um, and getting used to fighting really close up against guys that are kind of difficult to see. Sometimes the camera is fucking bork, especially in uh, enclosed spaces. It gets a little weird. It's a little less than polished. But locking on is something that, you know, blah, all of these encounters, all the boss encounters, everything that you do in the game makes you better at the game. And as long as you like the game, you're going to have a really good time. So, a uh, third point is that the, the environments are absolutely unbelievable. The graphics are fantastic. Um, it's this Ninja Gaiden-esque... In fact, this is like the th- 3D version of Ninja Gaiden. Better than the old Ninja Gaiden 3D version that they made for, uh, I think, the PlayStation 2. That was back when I was dating Raperl. Um So yeah, the bosses... Okay, let's go back to the bosses, though, because this is a game that is very focused on long, drawn-out sequences of stealth and murder and failure... And then stealth and murder and failure, and murder, failure, and stealth, and then failure, failure, you know, etc. That's just the general traversal periods of the game. And there's some sequences that you can get very, very good at. We'll talk more about that in a moment. We're going to try to keep this at under an hour, but um, but back to the bosses, who are really, like, a big central thing in the game. The bosses, with two exceptions, 
Two exceptions I recently just encountered last night, actually. Yesterday through last night. With two exceptions are super challenging and incredibly enjoyable. Even the ones that have specific weaknesses that you have to exploit. Even, But even those, you don't really have to have to exploit. You just have to be really good at the game to not exploit those weaknesses. Like, for instance, the Makiri counter... Which is where, you know, my friend never mastered the Makiri counter, never learned it, evidently. And so he quit the game because he couldn't beat that guy because he just kept dying there, which is futile and pointless. And he logged 12 and a half hours in the game. That's a long time to be stuck there. But then again, he also didn't listen to any of my advice. So you're going to be stuck there forever. Literally. And that's 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 based off of two factors. One is that he didn't listen to me. I can like learn the McCurry counter and then practice it and practice it in the field. Like, you know, like actually against other against, you know, normal foot soldiers. Then practice it again against the training guy. Practice it again for like an hour against the training guy in free applied combat. And then when the guy hit, tries to hit you with the fucking uh Naganata. You hit him with the Makiri counter and you cut his fucking head off. And that's it. And it's that easy. And then the rest of the game opens up, which is a shame that he quit, that that this boss is so frustrating for him that he quit the game right there because that's really the start of the game. Everything after that is like where the game gets good. But anyway, so back to the bosses in general. They are great. The boss characters are great designs. Uh, they're usually based on like magically realistic, like feudal Japan kind of uh, comic book style, realistic style. Ah, like, you know, we're talking about uh, drunken samurai, gigantic drunken samurai, um, savage Naganata pikemen, demonic witches, bell swinging giants, um, bat swing, metal bar swing giants cavalry captains with giant naginatas on these giant metal horses with this fucking unbelievably detailed armor it's just glorious the bosses are awesome and they attack realistically and so like I was saying earlier the emphasis to some that I've read uh, is heavy on defense in terms of the boss bosses which is true but that's only just a mic it's only a uh, a magnification of the type of defense you constantly have to run against every enemy, it's just now that it's you versus one guy and he's a boss, you have to block a lot and you have to be very good at blocking you have to learn their attacks um, but ultimately the whole game, whether you're fighting a boss or just a foot soldier, is all about defending yourself like literally blocking and then seizing the initiative as soon as you see your opening so if you can attack first from you know from stealth then you do that depending on what you know how that's going to affect everyone else if that's going to aggro like an entire fucking mob that will then start shooting at you from every fucking direction and while they chop at you while the dogs come then you don't want to do that but anyway it basically works down to first you know always you want to attack from stealth ideally because that gives you the advantage it gives you the first strike advantage and will generally kill in one hit whoever it is you first decide to attack you want to pick your first target wisely you want to evaluate the opposition you want to get to the best striking point you want to 
Also, be sure that you're able to eliminate and escape everyone else, even if you have to fall back in an emergency situation. And this this sounds really simple, but it is very complicated and super fun, especially because you have this awesome grappling hook mechanic that, uh, while limited in certain areas, almost to the point of ridiculousness, does enforce a sense of sanity in terms of the level design. Like, you're never truly lost in the game, even though you always feel completely fucking lost. Because there is no objective marker. You have to actually, like, read, like, very short little item descriptions and shit, and, like, you get uh, scrolls, and you have to pay attention to when people talk to you about stuff. You know, blah. The game is obtuse in terms of the way it has concealed all of the paths. Almost none of the paths require any special abilities to unlock. It's not like you're unlocking a secret. It's just you're playing the game. You're a ninja. Go where they won't find you. You will find other pathways. Just keep following where they won't find you. You will find other pathways. It's like the Tao Te Ching. Uh, You know, fucking water will seek its own level. Um... It's great. So the emphasis may be heavy on defense, but it's really all about you can't win against you can win against almost all the bosses that I fought except for like three or four um, by just blocking. See, because the whole game the sword fighting in the game is based off of breaking the enemy's posture and the enemy breaking your posture. And what they mean by that is their stance. So when you break someone's stance, you open them up to a death blow. When someone breaks your stance, you get put on the ground and you have to actually like roll and get back up. Which is something that's confusing when the camera is going against you because you don't know why you're not attacking or why you're not blocking, but why you're taking... I mean, two hits will kill you for the most part. I mean, I have seven... I have, I have an I have eight, I have seven uh, health drinks on me at every time. That's my gourd. Um, and I have three fucking prayer necklaces and two hits will generally fucking kill me dead. Um, but anyway, so the and let's go back to those two boss encounters that I had that were simply pure frustrating, cheap, fucking suck, shit, suck. And I streamed them all. They were really bad. It was like three hours to kill this one motherfucker, and it was really lame. Like, the boss was lame. Like, and the only way to kill him, the whole thing was just, it It did not have the polish of the rest of the game. And a lot of people have said this about that boss fight, which if you want to know, it's in, I'm not going to tell you what you're fighting, but it's the uh, guy in the acid pool. Um, he is just the lamest boss in the game that I've fought so far. Um, no, I mean, you have to use cheap shit. It takes forever, and you have to use cheap, cheap shit to uh, trick him into fucking himself over. And it's just, it's not, it's just not a very good part of the game. It did take three hours of my life and left me kind of with a bad taste, but I soldiered on, and guess what? There's so much more. That was like at our fucking... 42 and I'm at hour 45 now. That's like hour 40. I'm at hour 45 now. I've killed like three other bosses. Um, and he, he, you know, blonde. On a scale of 1 to 10, if I were giving this game a, a score on a scale of 1 to 10, just because of those two bosses, um, I would, I dock the game a full point. 
so I would knock it down from a nine to an eight because I don't give tens. Um, but anyway, the best thing about the game is that the lead up to the bosses, like the actual um, guys you have to fight in between bosses, then you get to a save space, and then there's like more guys, and then there's a boss. The space between the save space, which is where you'll respawn after you finally die, die, because you die twice, you you can respawn in place one time when the boss kills you and you respawn at that thing and it respawns every enemy in between this forces you to try out new approaches not just to the boss but to everyone in between the boss and you and this is kind of the mic this is the the unit of the game that repeats constantly and makes the game so brilliant i think because every time this guy, you know, let's say you get up there and you're on your last life and you have, like, you know, two health um, chug power-ups, you know, from the gourd. You got two gourds left and you spent 45 minutes trying to meticulously get to this guy who's only, like, seven guys between you and this guy, but they are positioned in weird places and, they're, they're, you know, they, some of them have rifles, some of them have some of them are giants, some of them have, you know, blah, 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 blah. You will fuck it up a thousand times until you get so good at navigating and figuring out exactly how you want to navigate, which guys you want to stealth, which guys you want to ignore, which guys you want to come back for, then eliminate, then, so you can have, like, a fucking clean shot at the boss. Then you'll figure out how to get around the boss after you've eliminated everyone. You'll figure out how to get around the boss and how to land a fucking death blow on him from stealth so that instead of having to kill him twice, you'll only have to kill him one more time, so then you fight. And it's... It's a process that is constantly repeating. It's a self-iterating, improving process that is skill-based, extraordinarily exciting. Like Metal Gear Solid, but kind of better because it's with samurai swords um, and in this, like, Nobunaga's ambition, feudal Japan, magical realism, fucking floating fucking pagoda castles on fucking mountains with bottomless pit cliff sides and all sorts of just high adventure. It's like Indiana Jones crossed with... Anyway, we'll get to that in a moment. So it's the lead-up to the bosses that I, I like so much, and then you have to really have thought about how am I going to try to kill him this time? Ultimately, however, and I've had to do this with several bosses, and I've gotten stuck uh, well, maybe one or two times. Um, so I, I would say three times, four times total have, have I ultimately taken the last resort and gone to the interwebs and googled and you can find the answer to anything that you want, spoiler free if you're really stuck you can find it on the internet and there, there's no, even though the game is so new, all the answers are there and all the answers are very good in my experience um so yeah the game uh, the game can be a little grindy, like, I mean, you will clear this one village that actually is a flashback to three years before the game starts, which starts a whole sequence that's, like, maybe 20 hours of the game is three years before the game starts. Um, There's a village there, and you will learn to clear that village of... uh, Okay, let me count them. I'm I'm going to count... I'm... Ah, shit, I wish I was live streaming this so that you would know that I am not lying here. I'm going to count them from memory. Okay? 
guy by the corner, Archer, guy by the wheelbarrow, Archer, uh, grapple hook, two guys there, then the guard in front of the uh, shield guys, then the shield guys, two of them, that's 10, then the uh, guy standing guard at the bridge, then his friend by the light and the rose bushes, which you kill with shuriken, then the two other guys, that's 14, then you go back, then there's the guy in the alley, so that's, uh, we're 15, right? Guy in the alley, guy by the fire, the two dogs, then you go back, the three guys by the burning house, then you go back to the fire, so that's 18, 18, then you go back to the fire, you kill the archer, the patrol guy, the drunk, the drunk, hammer time, other drunk by the fire, so that was, that's six, so that's 24, then you kill the dog and the guy by the, uh, the, uh, the, the sea, the river, so that's 20, 26, then you kill three dogs after you go back to the entrance of the whole estate, go back to the entrance, you kill three dogs, the first guard underneath the overhang, then the guy by the bridge, so that, that's 26, that's, uh, three, four, that's 30, or maybe 31, I can't remember. And then the two guys on the bridge, so 33 or 34 or 32. So it's 32 to 34 guys. But that's everyone. You will clear that literally 35 times. And that is not a number I just made up off the top of my head. It was a number I thought about. I've probably done it about 60 times. But in the interest of being conservative and, you know, blah. So it does get a little grindy because you there are consequences. Even though you can live again and you can always live again, um there are consequences for every time you die, meaning that you lose all of the money that you have on you since your last uh, saved place and the experience since your last, sa- last saved place. So dying can be very painful. And you do need to grind for experience points and for money in particular because it's difficult to build up enough inventory of items. And you have to find the fucking vendors and stuff. You have to. It's It's a difficult game. But anyway... Uh, you will get infinitely better. So, let me get concrete example. It used the first time I cleared the village. It took me an hour and twenty minutes, eh, maybe an hour. Seventh time I cleared the village, it probably took me forty minutes. Fifteenth time I cleared the village, probably took me eighteen, fifteen to eighteen, with a high probability of bad things happening. By the 28th time, you know, to now, to the present, I can clear the village in under 8 minutes. I can kill everyone and get all of their gold in under 8 minutes. So from an hour and change with a lot of potential for bad outcomes to absolutely certain I can kill everyone there without taking any damage in under 10 minutes, that is how you get good at the game. Um... So yeah, it can be a little grindy, but it is instructive grinding. And you learn how to manipulate everyone. You learn the stealth of the game. 
Um, and it's it's not limited to one approach. I have one approach there. I can see easily off the top of my head starting the game again and having nothing. And I know exactly the approach that I would take. Um, so the purely skill-based game, although the RPG elements and the leveling up elements go uh, make a big fucking difference. Like 45 hours into the game, you are three times as powerful as you were when you started. But th- these increments come in tiny... These come in incremental improvements. Oh, shit. Across your game. More whiskey. That's right, Ivor. Ivor's banging on the glass. So, in conclusion... Oh, and finally, the game is much, 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 much bigger than you think. You might think that it is a single pathway. It is not. It is many pathways. And many of them, almost all of them, can be reached with impunity. Like, just skill or just sheer exploration and a lot of stealth. So, in conclusion, cheers to Sekiro. Sekiro! Shadows Die Taste! Which earns... And this is crazy, because I hated Dark Souls. I did not like Dark Souls. I don't like games that are fucking punishingly difficult in general. This game earns our highest fucking honor. Worth full price, every price, every day, all day, all year. And I say that because... The experiences I've had in 45 hours of Sekiro, at, even at 60 bucks, holy shit, this game is an amazing adventure. One of the best ninja games ever made for any system, any platform of all time. Um, it's a remarkable game. You know, one part Ninja Gaiden, one part Indiana Jones, one part Samurai Ninja Epic. And, you know, seriously, that's coming from someone who does not generally like super hard video games that are like, you know, like, I don't like Dark Souls because it's like, I'm going to hurt you with how difficult I am. Well, I can go and have a relationship with a girl and that can, you know, like, what the fuck? I don't need this shit. So So while it may not be for everyone, once you sink your teeth into it and once you get into it and once you really understand how the game, how the game works, um, Regardless of whether or not you have to rely on some, you know, strategy guides or some YouTube videos or whatever, uh, it is it's it's a game unlike any other that I have played. It's it's almost a new type of game. It's like Ninja Gaiden meets Bayonetta. That's kind of what it's like. Um, so yeah, worth full price, all price, everyday price, everywhere. And that's high praise coming from me. So check it out. Now, finally, before we get out of here, oh, we're almost out of time. We have a deal for you this week. Uh, right now, through April 1st, Kingdom Come Deliverance is 50% off at $29.99. And uh, Bully Lockers said that uh, he got it to run fine. I, I own it, but I haven't gotten to play it. But that's half off, and that's a big, big game. So, Cool, that'll do us. Check out Sekiro. Also, uh, Risk of Rain and uh, Risk of Rain 2, um, Outward, Pinball Arcade, and uh, don't forget to take a look at the new Proton, see what games uh, work for it, and don't forget to report those games that do or don't work in your library using whatever version of Proton to ProtonDB. Fucking go to ProtonDB.com and post your results. ProtonDB.com is the ultimate resource now, in my opinion, for actual will this game work with Proton? Or also for tips. Like, I figured out that uh, there was that 
uh, part of the problem for Risk of Rain 2 was because I was using old drivers. Go there, read the reviews, and post your reviews. It's easy to do. It's super simple. They give you the commands and everything. You set up your account. It's super easy. It takes five minutes. And all you have to do is like, you know, put two sentences together. You know, blah. Do it. It helps everyone. Cheers. Another fucking successful week of fucking Proton, man. It's awesome. Sante, I will see you next week. Ivar, get us the fuck out of here. Zekiro. 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 Cheers. Four or five times. A good idea. Four or five times. Hi there. There is delight in doing things right. Four or five times. It is I. Maybe for him. Maybe I'll cry. I'll get you a drink. And if I die, I'm gonna try four or five times. Do you like to play? We like to play. I like you. We like to sing. It only runs on Linux. We like to go. Yada yada yo. Four or five times. We're gonna have such fun. Bebop one. You're becoming hysterical. Bebop two. Yes, sir. Thank you, sir. Bebop three. Yada yada yee. Four or five times. Matt Damon. Burn everything incriminating, including this building. Burn all the White House pets and then yourselves. Burn yourselves first. There is no Windows version of weaponized chess. Boy, this is fucking ponderous, man. Ponderous, fucking ponderous. It only runs on Linux. It's not a problem. You alienated part of America. I alienated crazy people. I like it very much. It is I, E.B. Farm. You're becoming hysterical. I'm here. I'm there. I'm fucking everywhere. I'm the Eggman. The best Linux games podcast is brought to you by Blue Wizard is about to die. Now available for the first time as an ebook on Amazon.com. To subscribe to the podcast using a Linux-based podcatcher like Podracer, or to see our YouTube gameplay videos, please visit www.bestlinuxgames.com. Also, join our Steam community group, Best Linux Games, Friends Cookie Sprite, and follow him on Twitter at VegasWriter. BLGP is also brought to you by the Radio Control Room Project. For details, please visit www.rcrproject.com or rfihc.com. Zig thanks you. For great justice.